With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. Minnesota Tim Jake's Takes Madness That is Jake on the guitar That is Jake on the lyrics That is Jake on the production That is Jake on the idea Singer, songwriter, creator, perfecter. Mm-hmm. Jacob, how are you today? I don't know if it was perfect, but you know, I did. You know, took me five minutes and we got her done. <laughs> I'm <laughs> great. You can hear, you can, I'm good. You can hear the the thought go mm-hmm. into the song. You know what I mean? The lyrics were complex. Yeah, um, took a lot of rewrites and. Uh, I think i took two takes i think i did it once and then did it again hmm. so it's a lot of hard work you. Look at you. Yeah. you know yeah. most people that would require three four five at least six times to do it mm-hmm. 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 that's only twice is it laziness or was it perfection you be the judge i think it was perfection okay you know how like you see or hear these professional athletes that do these commercials yeah that are in the studio all day mm-hmm. saying the mm-hmm. same thing over and over and over again. And my thought is, is like, who are you creating this content for? Mm-hmm. Are you creating the content for a major big time executive who's going to notice the most minute details? Or are you creating content for the average mm-hmm. viewer like you and I? Mm-hmm. who aren't going to notice the minute details. You know, if I was a production company, if I was name your television commercial, Geico or not Geico maybe. Here, there's here's a good one. State I was Farm. thinking about this anyway. What about like think about Subway's advertising budget? 
don't know if you watched Subway because like think about that. But I mean, Simone Biles, Steph Curry, Patrick Mahomes, Charles Barkley, uh, Rob Gronkowski. I'm trying to think. I mean, literally every commercial they have is like a new, like pretty much A list, maybe B list celebrity slash athlete. Mm-hmm. Like you, to your point, usually they only have a line or two. Like how long are they sitting there all day saying that line or two? I mean, those guys and gals, their time is not cheap, obviously mm-hmm. being a list athletes or B list athletes. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's a good question. I don't know how subway just is dominating. How do they afford the it? I mean, food chains of yeah. professional athletes. I know they have the most stores in the country. Mm-hmm. Which is always like people assume it's McDonald's, but there's like we had I just this discussion saw... a while ago. Did we? Mm-hmm. We oh. talked about this. You don't remember that? No, I don't. I don't have any recollection. No, really, we. I hundred percent guarantee we talked about this. I googled it. You guessed it. And uh, oh yeah, okay, now I confirmed yeah. it. And then yeah. we're talking about how there's so many subways in small towns. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. I just reminded because I saw a video the other day of like showing where every location was in the country and McDonald's had like 14 or 15,000 subway had like 23,000 or something like that. Um, so maybe that's how they're affording all these A-list athletes, but it is like, do you feel like you're more likely to buy subway because Steph Curry or Charles Barkley tells you to, or not at all. I feel like subway is not that kind of purchase decision. Like there's other things that if Steph Curry tells me to buy them, I'm like, consider it more um subway is just kind of a yes or no regardless of who exists to tell me to eat it and that you know i don't know i couldn't tell you the last time i had subway and <clears throat> i really miss it because now that i'm gluten-free subway does not create gluten-free sandwiches and they have mm-hmm. amazing bread i like a little bmt on a like uh italian bread yep or um the herbs and cheese bread. Yeah, they, yep. The Italian herbs and cheese, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. They did transition into creating protein bowls where, like, is everything that Subway is without the without the bread. Bread, yeah. Good, but those are very expensive, so I just haven't well, had it in a long time. Well, everything is expensive, too. Even just, like, a regular foot long is, like, $11 now. Really? What happened yeah. to the $5 foot long? I know. Inflation, man. Ten years, they literally doubled their price. Once Jared went down the, you know, rabbit hole of turd life, yeah, you know, Subway went crashing down. Yeah, that's too bad. Well, well last week, well, what? I was just gonna say, maybe they could lower the, all their prices by like a dollar or two if they didn't have every single, you know, a list athlete endorsing. You know, they're. Just cut their salaries a little bit, and then everyone else in the world can pay, you know, nine dollars for a sub. You know, we'd all be happier. I remember when there was a big subway controversy back in the day when someone measured to see if it was a true foot long, and it was like eleven inches, and like it was a huge just like tear down of subway by somebody. Oh, yeah, the other one too was like they found like some chemical in their bread that was also like in rubber tires. Mm. And then there's something about there was so much like sugar in their bread that like this wasn't in America, but in was it Britain? I think it was was somewhere in Europe where they have like stricter standards about classifying things. Mm -hmm. 
and they classified Subway's bread as not bread because it had too much added sugar. <laughs> Which is kind of amazing if you think about it. It's probably why yeah. it tastes so good, but... With no regard for human life! Mm, Subway had no regard for human life. They didn't. Yeah, they, they just care about money. How about... Yeah. This is my favorite uh, lawsuit of all time. Did you ever drink Red Bull? No, I never did. Not me either. I'm never, well, I guess I should say that. I had, I had a few Red Bulls back in my day. It mixed in with some other stuff. Never anyway. interested me. Yeah, with like monsters or stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Mine was not in the morning if you get catch my drift. It was an evening I just, drink. I feel you. Um but they got sued for like a class action lawsuit because their slogan is Red Bull gives you wings, right? Mm-hmm. And so someone literally said, This is false advertising. <laughs> it doesn't give me wings. Um this is illegal. And so if you had ever bought a Red Bull, like you could basically jump in this lawsuit and say like, hey, like this was unfair, false advertising, blah, 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 blah. And they actually did settle. So like you could have gone if you had bought a Red Bull, you could have put your name in. You got like a buck or something. It was, you know, not a lot of money. But if you watch the ads, did you notice what their slogan is now? No, I have no idea. No, It's, it's Red Bull gives you wings, but there's like eight eyes so it's not wings like regular w-i-n-g-s it's like red bull gives you wings mm. so it's they're not saying literal wings they're saying it's like a playful wings right they're insinuating that it's not real wings they mm. have to they had to change the way that they advertise so that and the wasn't... tone of it too wings right. you know there's a sarcastic tone to it right which is mm-hmm. just both annoying as heck that somebody would sue them for that but also kind of a fascinating i don't know business law case study there a little bit but anyway yeah totally that is interesting you know one of the big pet peeves nowadays now that covid you know changed how you buy things Mm -hmm. is that like things are still the same price as I, i and we just came across a new one and there's like a lot of things like chips and stuff that have that have made this transition. But at Costco, we get their chicken thighs chicken. And it's the same price, but they lowered the amount of chicken that's in the bag. Mm. And like my wife and I were grilling chicken this week and we were looking at the bag and it's like, it's the exact same price, but the amount of chicken that's in a bag is way less than there used to be mm-hmm. so the manipulation by the amount is the way that these businesses are going because they know if people are going to freak out if you charge a little bit more for the same amount of chicken yep yeah if you want to get into get jason going on orange juice with this topic <laughs> that's been the same he's noticed the same thing the price used to be for a half gallon and then it was for like a liter and now it's not even a liter it's like a few ounces less than a liter. They make like a special bottle that's smaller for the same price. And he gets, he, yeah, he's really annoyed by it. The other thing, like, I don't, I don't think you drink pop very much anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. Thinking about like when I was in college, even right. You'd go to cub foods and you get four 12 packs for 12 bucks. Right. Yeah. $3, a pe- $3 a pack. Mm-hmm. And now literally at Walmart, it's um, seven, it's six ninety eight or seven ninety eight. For a twelve pack, jeez, 
which is again over twice, basically twice the price as it was just eight, eight, nine years ago, whatever that is. Did they think we're made of money or what? What and think about it, like what has changed in their system, right? Labor costs have gone up, sure, but like pop is like the cheapest, one of the cheapest things you can make, right? It's pennies per ounce. Like you're talking, it's like nothing. Like a can of pop is pennies to them. And then you have to make the actual can, of course, and then, you know, ship it out. But like their cost couldn't have gone too crazy that no. they need to, that they need to go up by double the price. But mm-hmm. yeah, but the yeah. 24 packs aren't as bad. They're still like, they're like 11 bucks or something. So it's like, well, might as well just get 12 pack. But yeah, unreal. Look at us just diving into the major controversies of the world. So yeah. last week we didn't record and I came across my mind came up with two theories. The okay. theory was you were planning your parade route after the volleyball championship. Mm-hmm. So that was one theory. And I was, I was hoping for that theory. The second theory, which is a little bit more of an unfortunate theory is that you took the loss so hard mm. in the volleyball game that you're just like, you know what? I just need to go into my darkness retreat, decompress, think about what I want to say publicly and address it when my time comes. Kind of like what Lindsay Whalen did after she got basically fired for the Minnesota Gophers. She went into a quiet space and waited several months later to yeah. reveal what we already knew that they were firing her and gave her the opportunity to resign. Credit to you. You came out a lot earlier than Lindsay Whalen. If it is true that you just needed some quiet time. Yeah, I just I couldn't face the public after what happened. Um, you know, just needed some time alone. We ended up getting third place. Mm-hmm. So we lost. We had a good beginning, one of the first few matches. Um, lost to, uh, you would be familiar with, uh, Ashley Nathan mm-hmm. and Kyle Schroeder and Dustin Kamer and Pat Cheetah, Emily Cheetah. So... Trying to get there's anyone else I know on that team. That might be it. Anyway, mm-hmm. last of that team. It was a good battle. Um, won a few games in like the losers bracket. Got back to the third place game and lost to our good old friends, the rivals, Melissa Jop Photography. Oh uh, yes. Yep. We played them every year for the last like four or five years. <laughs> last year, last year we got them. We beat them. Got first, but this year we couldn't get the job done, so we got third. So we lost, and then Nathan actually won. So we lost to the first place team and the second place team. Can you get um, back into the winner's bracket when you lose? Or it's no? a d- double limb, yep. Okay. So so they beat Melissa Job Photography in the finals? Correct. Okay. So hmm. Nathan didn't lose any. So they so they Job would have had to beat him twice. They did not. Nathan beat him the first match. So Shelby J Photography versus Melissa Job Photography mm-hmm. is like the modern day Boston Celtics Los Angeles Lakers from the 80s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It definitely is. Yeah. The, yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And, and hopefully we start. It's kind of because they are a little older. They're in their mid 30s, upper 30s. You know, we're in our upper 20s. So is there a, a different NBA, like NBA rivalry where there's like kind of the old guard and the new guard? Because hopefully we are improving and we'll kind of take over the mantle from them. You know, it's kind of maybe think about they're the Pistons, the bad boys mm, Pistons oh, or the yes. Bulls, right? Oh, like, that's good. The first few tries did not go so well. And then you know, finally we got them, you know, mm-hmm. when they were a little bit, you know, a little bit older. So that, who's Jordan? Ooh, on our team? 
hard to say because we have different skill sets, right? Mark's kind of the Jordan of spiking. Or are you just full of Judd Bushlers? <laughs> I have a lot of Judd Bushlers. A lot of Judd Bushlers on your squad. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you need guys that can shoot. Yeah, that's Bill sure. Wennington. Some Bill Wennington's on your yeah. roster. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did. So have you been into this? Uh, like these new crossover grids. Have you been doing any of those NBA? I've see, I have not. I, I've done one. I saw one of them that you posted to social media, and you're like, "I'm never gonna do better than this." So I'm like, "Okay." Oh yeah. Well, let me try one. So I've only tried one. Okay. But I've seen how popular that they've gotten. Yep. So yeah, there's like the three that I've seen are Immaculate Grids, probably the most popular one. There's Crossover Grid, and the one I do is Hoops Grid. That mm. one's kind of nice, just because you can kind of you can. The other two, if you guess wrong, like you can't keep guessing. Oh. You only get nine guesses. But on the hoop grid, if you get one wrong, you can keep trying. So it's a little easier because it's like, oh, I think Jason Richardson played for the Wizards and the Warriors. And then if you're wrong, you can at least keep going. Because mm-hmm. I'm not a super serious guy, you know. Yeah, the way, right, right. The way some people are about like trying to get point zero percentile kind of thing. <laughs> but the reason I thought of it was yesterday. The one was like... um name the the category was a teammate of jordan and then the other category was a number in the 30s and judd bushler was the only name i could think of <laughs> but it was, was it true like, yeah it was true because he was number 30 yeah and then it was like only four percent of people said his name so i was pretty proud of that one that's hilarious wow it's amazing one... how like a conversation that we have on the show right now somehow relates to something that happened to you this week yeah here here's my best so like you know it gives you the percentage of who how many people said the person that you put in the one two days ago was um or no it was the same one as yesterday it was a grizzly name a grizzly or no it was two days ago who averaged under five points per game and so I was thinking, I'm like, who is somebody that nobody would say, right? Who Nate I... Ruffin. I don't even know who Nate Ruffin is. Oh, okay. But my knowledge goes to NBA 2000 on the Sega Dreamcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually where I start and like try to think, who did I play with that would be, you know, because that's the kind of people that aren't, people are going to say, right? They're going to say more recent stars or big names. And I'm like, wasn't there a guy with goggles on NBA 2000 on the Memphis Grizzlies? And I was thinking about thinking about it. I'm like Ethan is Thomas, it? something like that. Thomas. God, no, that's a good that's a good name though. And I'm like, I think it was a car. And then I typed in car, and then I found there was Chris Carr. I'm like, I know it's not him. I think it was Chris Carr. Yeah. And then there was Antoine Carr, and I'm like, that is the guy, <laughs> Antoine Carr. So I typed uh, him in. It was point zero six percent of people said Antoine Carr. That is absolutely hysterical. Oh my gosh! Wow. If you want, I mean, there is the. I wish I had it downloaded. There is the most hilarious Nate Ruffin clip on YouTube. If you go to YouTube and type in Nate Ruffin, Washington Wizards, and listeners, I encourage all of you to do this. It's the most hilarious clip. I think I've ever seen in a basketball game. So um, Nate Ruffin's on defense. Someone's inbounding the basketball. They inbound the ball. Nate Ruffin steals it. And there's only like, uh, I don't know, three or four or five seconds left in the game. So Nate Ruffin, I don't know if he was coached to do this, but his instinct, or if it was his instinct, but what he did was he takes the ball. 
He throws it up in the air. And, you know, you would think that the clock would run out. Mm -hmm. Well, the ball goes right to an offensive player. He gets the shot off before the time expires. The shot goes in and they go into overtime. <laughs> was this was that the Morris Peterson one or did it happen again? Oh yeah, yeah. That was the Morris Peterson one. So, yeah. oh, he was the one who made it, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Was Morris Peterson's team, I, the one who made it. I didn't know mm-hmm. that it was Nate Ruffin who threw it, but I I I've seen that clip where yeah, Morris Peterson catches it around almost around half court and just drains the three. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I didn't know that Michael was Ruffin. Ruffin. Is it is it Michael Ruffin? Maybe I, my, Michael Ruffin. Yeah, Michael Ruffin. Nate Ruffin was the guy on We Are Marshall. Have you seen that movie before? I have seen that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The linebacker. Michael guy. Ruffin. Michael Ruffin. Yeah. Type in Michael Ruffin. The most I, hilarious video of all time. I will say, I tr- the names I try on that grid are names that I feel like you... Like, I always try to think of Tim Prochka-like names. <laughs> like, I put in uh, Michael Doliak a lot. Wow. Yeah, that's a name. Orlando yeah. Magic? Yeah. My yeah. Minnesota Timberwolf. Timberwolf? Yep. I don't remember him on the Wolves. He was for one year. And then the Heat. So, like, he's got a good... One of the best is Jeff Green. Because he's played for, like, 11 teams. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, been... he's been all over the league. But, yeah, when it's a Timberwolves category, it, it, it gets really fun. Because you can... You know, I get names that are all under 1% because, you know, we got that NBA Timberwolves knowledge. You know, your Sebastian Telfairs, your Marco Yarix, Craig Smith. <laughs> the Rhino. We're getting all these guys. Bobby yeah. Jackson, Anthony oh, Peeler. Man. That's hilarious. It's fun. But anyway. So your name is Ant over Jordan question mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you saying that Anthony Edwards is gonna have a better career than Michael Jordan? I'm prepared. Yeah. Okay. He had thirty four points at a USA game, so that's all I need to see. hmm Are you ready to hear my Anthony Edwards team USA PTSD theory? Or have you listened to that episode already? I, I listened to your speeding ticket yep. episode. I did not ke- get to your aunt one yet. Okay. I got a lot of Team USA PTSD because Kevin Love played for Team USA. LeBron James played for Team USA. And once you get around those elite teammates, I think in your mind, you can create an imagination of this is how my NBA career could go. This is how easy the game of basketball could be. And then you go back to your franchise and you're getting double teamed coming off of pick and rolls. You're getting triple teamed when you enter the paint. The game of basketball is just harder. And when the game of basketball is harder, your mind goes back to Team USA and how easy it was to score, to play, to manipulate defenses. Well, Kevin Love asked for a trade like a year and a half later after playing for Team USA. LeBron James signed with the Miami Heat like a year and a half later after playing for Team USA. I get a little worried when my guys play for Team USA. Yeah, when they ball out and they realize the grass might be greener elsewhere. Because there's conversations happening behind the scenes. Like, There's no way Edwards has not mentioned the Timberwolves once, playing with Towns, playing with Gobert. You know, players razzle, go back and forth. They have conversations talking about their situation, what they like, what they don't like. And like any job, you know, yeah. we all talk about our bosses. Yeah. Bill Simmons brought that up too. I, I listened to his a couple days ago. He was on with, uh, I don't even remember who he was on with, but he was making that point, not about Ant specifically, but he was talking about how Team USA creates pairings 
Um, and I don't remember his example. He was just throwing out two random names. But basically his point was like, you never know, like two guys might want to, who become friends there might, you know, a year or two or three down the line, try to play together. Mm-hmm. So that was his, his exact point. He didn't mention Ant specifically. He was just saying, there's always a pairing of people that come out of Team USA wanting to be teammates in the actual NBA. So yeah. to your point, maybe Ant is one of those guys. But I pose this question to you. Why can't it be here? Why Good can't questions. it be with Minnesota? <laughs> I actually had that question. It could be. It won't be. First, got to figure but... out how to get rid of Towns and Gobert's contract. <laughs> yeah, I did see a report said the yesterday. It was like, the Portland Trailblazers have zero interest in Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. It, was, it wasn't one of the big wigs. It was a more minor NBA reporter. It wasn't Woj or Shams, but... Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean that's the. I mean that to your point, that is, if this this could go well, right? We have the roster where it could go very well. The Wolves could be a top four or five seed next year, making some noise. Ants in the, you know, fringe MVP conversation. He's not going to be the MVP next year, but just you know, in that four, five, six, seven range of like, oh, like he's he might make the ballot, like that kind of level. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So it could go well where all this all these things line up. But it could not as well. You know, Towns could have another offseason. Gobert could have another season where he's just not utilized. Um, and Ant could get frustrated pretty quick. Now, I, the thing that's different, I think, is compared to Kevin Love. Ke- we knew, you know, 10 years ago, whatever, 12 years ago, Kevin Love couldn't be the w- number one option on a team. True. He was our number one. But we knew that, like, if you're going to win, he's not, he's your second or maybe even third best player. And that's just the reality of who he was, right? He was much better as LeBron's sidekick than by himself. Totally. The difference with Ant is that he could be the number one on an NBA title team. So I think the difference isn't if Ant is disgruntled, it's not, oh, I guess, well, let's trade Ant and try again. It's Ant, we will do whatever we need to do to make you not disgruntled. We will trade cat. Even if we take a loss, we will trade go bear. Like we will find ways to make you happy versus with love. If he's disgruntled, it's like, it's not worth trading other pieces to try to help him win because we know it deep down. He's not going to be good enough to be our best player on a championship level team. So I think that might be the difference. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. That's a good point because, like, you try to trade pieces to get you know players around Kevin Love, mm-hmm. and if Kevin Love is like, let's say he's the third piece to a championship game team, well, if you're trying to get pieces around Kevin Love, what kind of pieces are you getting around a third piece player on a championship team, anyways? Right. Yeah. You're you're looking at a ceiling of a second round mm-hmm. playoff exit. I mean, that's right. a ceiling, right? I mean, that's he's just he was too easy to shut down. Um, he'd get some stats, he'd help the team win, but he's just, you can't rely on him in the playoffs in a seven game series. So absolutely. Yeah. You could trade around him to help your team get a little bit better, but at the end of the day, your ceiling's not going to be very high. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's... I mean, that, that's what people are seeing with team USA and to, to the, my ant greater than Jordan thing, right? It's, Oh, like he can be that guy. Like he can be somebody who just carries a team through the playoffs you know, he plays actually defense when he wants to. He's seems like he can score from all three levels, mid-range, three-pointers, um, and around the rim. So people are finally seeing that. We, you know, we saw that last year as Wolves fans, but no one really pays attention. That that was my quote for the week is uh, 
kind of about that. It's Kendrick Perkins saying <laughs> that uh, I don't remember the exact phrasing of it, but basically Ant is going to be the MV or basically is going to be the face of the league. I think is what he said. And you know, that's a little far fetched for next year, but could he be in that conversation eventually? Absolutely. Like he has the talent. So, yeah, I have a quote somewhere, but I can't find it right now. Darn it. I definitely grabbed a quote and I had one somewhere, but I can't find it anywhere. And, and, and it is nice. Like to see, I'll let you keep looking Ant on this team USA team. Like there's not a lot of alphas. So it was kind of an, it was a role that somebody was going to take, you know, I mean, really, who's the most established NBA player on it? That would be an alpha. I mean, it's Jaron Jackson Jr. maybe, but he's not like an alpha. He's a center, right? Mm-hmm. Jalen Brunson's really only had like two years of success. Um, Mikel Bridges has had a successful career, but again, kind of as like a third option wingman kind of guy. Um, so there's not really, there wasn't anybody that was like, had that dog in him, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, is the definition of having that dog in them. So it was a nice, it worked out nicely that the team was set up that somebody could take over that alpha status and that ant was the guy that was able to do that. So I, I, I do think that will help the Timberwolves, you know, just that experience of him being absolute dog. So Jim Harbaugh had a quote on the Ravens preseason loss. So they mm-hmm. snapped a 24 game losing uh, a winning streak. Yeah, it's not Jim. It's uh, what's his John. Yeah. So John Harbaugh had a quote after the or is it Jim? It's John. Yep, I, John, I googled John's the Raven one. Jim's the Michigan one. Okay. Yes, yes. I googled. <laughs> I googled okay. uh, John yep. or Jim. I gosh, I googled Jim and Jim came up from Michigan. So I'm like, okay, what, what what's the got here? He had a quote this week that I don't really have off the top of my head right now, but. That was my quote. He talked about how this was like a devastating loss, basically. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. The streak was the streak was amazing because it's like a twenty-four game winning, yep. winning streak. What's more impressive? The Ravens winning twenty-four straight preseason games since two thousand fifteen, or the Vikings on a current, what are we on? A nine game preseason losing streak? Really we've lost that many in a row. Mm-hmm. We haven't won since like two thousand seventeen or something like that. Hmm. And the record's like 11 or 12. So, like, we're getting close to the worst run of preseason games in NFL history. Let's see. Here's a quote. There's no reason it happens, but it says a lot about a lot of people, a lot of people's effort, a lot of good practice, a lot of good meeting time, a lot of young players working hard to be as good as they can be, a lot of coaches developing those players, scouts finding those players. All those things come into play. In the end, it's about football and the men and women now who play the game. And it shows you what makes this game so great, why it does matter so much, because it takes those kind of efforts. That's what you have to do. It's a courageous game. It's a game for courageous people, and it's a game for people who want to go out there and throw themselves around in really tough, awkward situations physically. It takes the kind of grit to play this game and to fight like that. I think most people that love football love it for that reason right there. They respect what it takes to play the game, so that's what I feel. It's how I feel about our players. I feel the way about every player in the National Football League, but especially feel about the feel that way about the Ravens. The men who play for the Ravens now and the men who played for the Ravens all those years, I'm really proud of that part of it. Well, I guess that wasn't bad, but there's a quote up before. It's just like, you really need to go into this long diatribe about winning 24 preseason games in a row. Right. Yeah. And I and I get it in terms of like what he's talking about with like the like that shows that you're like, 
you're preparing your backups and your rookies and stuff like that to, you know, to a good level, right? You're, you're, you're putting interest in them that sometimes I think other teams don't put the interest in mm-hmm. as much. So I, I respect that part of it. I will say, do you, are you the only one that finds it a little ridiculous, right? So it's a 53 man roster, right? Yeah. Do we really need a hundred people on the roster for a month and a half? And now I will say it lets, I'm not a, you know, a Scrooge. It lets the kids, you know, the players, they live out their dreams. They're on NFL teams for a couple of weeks or a month. You Scrooge. Why they get a Scrooge. They get paid for being there. Right. So like I all those things are good. It's so like, I, I'm fine with it. It just objectively speaking, like, why do you hate guys that are trying to live out their dream? Jacob? I don't. I, like I said, I love it for them. It's just more of a interest. Like, how did that ever start where it's like, let's invite literally twice as many people as we need on our team. Because none of the starters have to play. Yeah, I guess that's really it. But because really, how many of those extra 40 guys, how many come out and actually make the NFL roster where they weren't kind of slated to to begin with? They usually, a handful yeah. probably, right? You Every know, once in a while, a yeah. Every once in a while, we see a guy. Yeah, and like special teams, and you see these guys come in, and you know, Steelers an example, undrafted free agent. Yeah, so I get having tryouts to a certain extent, right? It's just it's always blows my mind when like they have like a hundred guys there, ninety whatever guys there, Mm -hmm. and it's like you only need fifty three. Like it's a lot of guys you're just gonna put a month into, and then say sayonara to. But cut down day is surprisingly interesting because like there's always a name in there where it's like whoa that guy got cut. It's happened a little less though recently, just because. Teams are cutting those guys earlier. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> you know, those kind of guys are getting cut more in like the summer now, it seems mm-hmm. like. Like mm-hmm. before camp even starts to try to move the salary cap stuff around. Their teams are seem like they're more aware and they're more up against the cap now than they used to be. Definitely. So it doesn't seem like, oh crap, it's August. Like we have to cut this guy for salary. It's like they kind of have that pre planned already. But you're right. There's out there still are names that pop up that you're like, Oh, that's a surprise. What about our guy Trey Lance? Would you? I was gonna, that was my next question. Was, uh, that's what I have on my topic list. Trey what Lance. What round would you trade for Trey Lance? Mm. Marshall, Minnesota native, North Dakota State. Local KFC. angle. The local mm-hmm. angle. That's one of my pet peeves too. It's like, we, I'd give a first because he's from Minnesota. <laughs> he's from Minnesota. He's from Minnesota. We need to give him two firsts. This would not be a conversation if Trey Lance was not from Minnesota. Yes, I agree. I for. Correct. I agree with that. At least as much agree. of a conversation. As much I, of a conversation. I think he's mildly intriguing for other teams, but yeah, Minnesota specifically, it would not. No one would be interested in him as much as they are. If I wouldn't. Minnesota. I would not give up more than a sixth or seventh round pick for Trey Lance. I mean, you can't do it at this point. He's agreed. He solidified himself as a third stringer. Sam Darnold, who's bounced around. Is the second stringer Brock Purdy, Mister Irrelevant, is going to yep. start for the Forty Niners? Yeah. Like Trey Lance brings up a different conversation in my mind, and an important one when you look at teams selecting players in NFL drafts. It's like, why would you select a player like number two or number three overall for a raw talent? It's like yeah. fall in love with the accuracy of the quarterback fall in love with their abilities to throw the football, don't fall in love with their athletic stature. Mm-hmm. And that was my main takeaway from Anthony Richardson 
and the Vikings mm. quote unquote interest in trading up for him. Now Richardson, I I think he's a better athlete than Trey Lance, so he's gonna ha- have a lot more wow plays in the NFL. And once a player has wow plays like Cam Newton, then you're more intrigued by the wow plays, and he overlooks some of the inaccuracies from that quarterback. But Trey Lance, he was inaccurate in college. He's inaccurate in the NFL. I don't like the idea that you can just draft this player and then make him an inaccurate quarterback. Like, what did he show you on tape that made you think after like a year at North Dakota State that he could come in and be an NFL franchise quarterback? It's because you fell in love with this idea that he could become that, not that he was that already. Well, that's what like in because he wasn't slotted as a top three, four prospect, right? He was in that more in that like kind of 10 ish range where they team, you know, I thought now it's becoming worth a chance on him. Mm-hmm. And when the 49ers traded up, nobody thought it was for Trey Lance. I don't remember, I don't even remember who the other quarterbacks were in that draft. Mac now. Jones, I think was in that draft. Yeah. But they, everyone thought they were trading up for one of the other quarterbacks. And then it kind of like after a while became actually, it looks like it might be Trey Lance, which is kind of a weird decision is kind of was everybody's reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, to, the interesting thing for him so that because you're right, all the prospect stuff, all the scouting. I read a few of them today just because there was a guy tweeting out like teams are going to have to revert back to their pre draft analysis kind of to say, how do we feel about them? And he tweeted out a couple different, you know, quotes from executives and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was about all of it was about, you know, inaccurate passer, one read offense um, with one read check down offense at North Dakota State. And the biggest thing was about reps, right? He played one year at North Dakota State, which is already not a high competition place, right? Every team North Dakota State plays, they are better than, right? Except for, you know, there's one or two teams that they're kind of equal to, right? Your South Dakota State gives them a run. In the national championship, usually that team obviously gives them a run. But for the most part, they are easily the more talented team. So he had one year where things were easy for him, so to speak. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he has hardly had any NFL reps, right? Hardly any game reps and hardly any preseason reps even because of injuries, because of various reasons, right? Because so, even last year, he looked okay against the Bears. You know, they it was interesting that one game he got to play before he got hurt. Um, but part of that, that, you know, then that derailed the season. So now, again, he's even more of a question mark. What are we getting? Because we don't know. Um, so, yeah, I... Is it worth a sixth or seventh rounder for any team to just get a look at a guy that was once, you know, viewed as a potential, you know, elite quarterback talent or, you know, ceiling wise, you know, for mm-hmm. sure. I, yes. I would say it is because like most sixth or seventh round picks are worthless anyway. Mm-hmm. So I would say if you have a quarterback need, you know, it's worth the risk. But, you know, the, the toughest workaround for this trade is this contract. I mean, he signed a four year, $34 million right. contract he, as he a has, rookie. Because he has that first or the second overall first round pick level, you know, contract. You can't get yeah, you can't get around that. And that's and that's the thing because like it'd be one thing, right? To your point, as a contract, if he was a flyer. But think about the Vikings and think about the 49ers, right? 49ers are in win now mode, so they're thinking, how can we win now? They decided Brock Purdy's their best option after last year. Great, that's fine. If Brock Purdy gets hurt, do they want to trot out an experiment or somebody who at least can run the system that they run, right? 
you know, that's why they chose Darnold. They don't want an experiment. They don't want to change their offense if Brock Purdy goes down. They want to be able to run the same stuff, have Darnold be that same style quarterback as Purdy, you know, and go from there. Vikings, similar thing, right? Kirk Cousins and Nick Mullins, they can run the same offense. They're similar styles, you might say, right? Mm-hmm. You're not you're the you're not bringing in Trey Lance to be your backup, right? You're bringing him in to see if he's any good. But to your point, you don't want to see if he's any good for his contract because you're paying him like a backup. Like you need to keep him on the roster. You know, you, you got to use him almost. You got to have him ready. Mm-hmm. And that's just, again, for the Vikings even, like it's not worth it, you know. I think Trey Lance's best opportunity to get on the field is to pull a Joe Webb and become a wide receiver in the NFL. That could be too, yeah. And and maybe somebody, because you get to have a third quarterback. I don't know if you saw that rule change this year. I did, yeah. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. like, so they, basically so the 49er thing doesn't happen like, like last year. <laughs> but they could be like an emergency quarterback that they can only play if the other two quarterbacks are hurt. You know, maybe yeah. so, maybe somebody does that for, you know, Trey Lance and that he's their third guy. But even the Vikings, right? I'm guessing they would rather have Jaron Hall. I mean, we drafted him planning to use him in that fashion i would imagine so like even there like is trey lance your fourth quarterback you know you're not doing that (laughs) yeah and you're probably not cutting jaron hall who again we just drafted like with obviously they must like him you know it was a third or fourth round pick whatever he was right i think trading for trey lance is more of a fantasy than it is realistic yeah and one more note on trey lance that i just need to get off my chest Mm -hmm. to all the scouts and nfl personnel that say average fans average people don't know anything mm-hmm. well you're there is a scout for the 49ers that thought trey lance was a top three overall pick in the nfl draft and well, like, there must I, have been multiple there must have been many because you, you have to convince everybody right you know everybody got on board yeah shanahan was on board lynch was on board and i'm sure they had plenty of scouts looking at trey lance and what he can do on the football field and they had them on board so like this idea that scouts know so much more about the NFL game. You know, they watch that tape. They're watching every snap. And they still came away with the conclusion that Trey Lance could be a franchise quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Yep. Yeah, they get it wrong. They get it wrong. Not that they can't get it wrong. But when they say that we don't watch the tape and we don't know what goes in and you know, the ins yeah. and outs of the NFL quarterback position, it's so difficult to understand. Yeah. You know, that's what that's where I'm coming from. Right. You can gather a lot of information from just watching games. Right. Obviously not as much, right? You're not at practice every day, but it doesn't take a rocket scientist to watch NFL games and figure some of this stuff out. Yeah. To yeah. your point. Yeah. Well, yeah. anything else you wanted to talk about? I think that's it. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. Well, third oh, place. I was to say, I had my best eight holes ever. Did you want to? Yeah. And then the absolute meltdown. Okay. Uh, have you ever golfed at Albion Ridge's golf course? I have no idea where that is. Is that in Litchfield? It's in kind of between Cocado and Annandale. Mm. No. So I was with Mr. Finkelson. Mr. Fink. Fink. Yep. And Coach Ock, who's a younger Watertown, a new teacher and coach a couple years ago. And they're both way better. I mean, Fink's a scratch golfer. Ox, just a couple strokes, you know, worse than that. So he should, you know, he'd shoot a plus three or four over 18 holes counting. 
and look good doing it, right? Like he's always in the mix for pars and birdies and stuff. It was my second 18 of the day. It was really hot. So I was already kind of ugh, like grumpy mm-hmm. about going. Yeah. Um, it's a mental battle from there. It's a mental battle. Started off with a bogey, an okay bogey, a fine bogey, a little, a little up and down save for bogey. <laughs> and then just got hot. I mean, just stroking it down the fairway, putting my irons close enough, sometimes on the green, sometimes just on the fringe, whatever. And when like, Par, 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 par. And then think of this. And I made some long putts. Too. I made one putt that was like off the fringe. That was like a 20 footer. <laughs> I made one. And Albion has really hilly greens. Like, and they're fast. So like it was, if I missed it kind of thing, it would have been like 20 feet past. Like on one, like it was just like, I, I was getting lucky. And the putter mm-hmm. was hot. Yeah. And I was beating Ock. And I was only like one stroke back of Fink. And he's like, so he started poking fun at me. He's like, there's no way you keep this going. Uh, whatever. I miss a par putt that was only like three feet. And that, that was kind of sad. So then I'm plus two. And we're on a par five. This is the icing on the cake here. I'm in the fairway on my second shot. My, going for my third shot onto the green, right? Yeah. And I absolutely blade a nine iron. Just, mm. a, just a, the worst shot of all time. Just a liner lines through there's a greenside bunker it ramps up through the bunker and flies into the air and it's like elevated so you can't see where it landed so i'm walking up because fink had driven around the green to go find his ball yeah and this sucker is about four feet from the pin (laughs) and miss of course missed the birdie putt because i'm anti-clutch now it was all looking on that one. <laughs> hey, but you had that shot. But I had the shot. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, am I the closest to the pin for a birdie? Yeah. And then, you know, I was talking trash, and then I missed it. Uh, and then I proceeded to shoot, like, a double bogey, and then I did not get a par in the whole back nine. Shot, mm. like, at 87 or something. But for eight holes, I was plus one with a chance at being even if I just make one putt. But then that, that means you prove that you can put it together. Proved I can put it together, and then I – don't think I had one one putt the rest of the day. Yeah, it was it was a disaster the rest of the day. But for for eight holes, I felt isn't it amazing how golf does it to you? Mm-hmm. You know, I was talking to a buddy. It's we you call it like the one. You have that one shot where it, it makes you think you're really good at golf. Like you just stroke a drive. And you're like, man, if I could just do that every time, right? <laughs> it's like you but think you, you know, have the same swing it's like what's different you know yeah, yeah especially for professional golfers who do this for a living and are on that the too. practice green and yeah and uh practice the all day long and it's like the only consistent thing about golf is its inconsistencies <laughs> that's good advice yeah. yeah well jacob thank you as always yeah thank you maybe maybe next week or two weeks well next week we have the vikings you know that's we'll tease next week. We have the Vikings yes. predicting. The, yeah, the prediction. The yeah, F F cubed. Is that? What we're... Yeah, I think so. And uh, we lost. I lost your audio. I oh wait, hold on. I lost your audio. Uh oh, Holly went in the car. Yep. Yep. Well, everyone, as Jacob's figuring out his audio, I greatly appreciate you being a part of the podcast. Next week is favorable, formidable, and 50-50, where Jacob and I will run through each. Well, we we're... <laughs> Holly, thank you for being a part of the podcast today. Holly, you want to share your thoughts? 
No, she doesn't. If you want to be a part of the podcast, listen to the podcast. <laughs> now Thank back. you, Jacob, for your time. Yeah, I bet Holly could hear you. That'd be interesting. I asked her if she wanted to be a part of it. She didn't, she, I asked her if she wanted to be a part of it, and she didn't say anything. There we go. Well, now you're right back. Well, everyone, thank you for making the podcast a part of your day. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder. Or find a featured all-inclusive package to Iberostar Hotels and Resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com.